Kia maukwe ki ngā kupu o, o tūpuna. How fast the words of your ancestors. E te iwi nau mai hara mai ki tēne wahanga e kia nei ko te ahika. Ko au tēnei e mihi atu kia koutou katoa, ko Justine Murray tōku ingoa. Welcome to Te Ahika, our Kaupapa Māori program, where we delve into issues and stories pertaining to Te Ao Māori, or the Māori world. So sit back and relax for the next hour. Coming up, what happens when you start out on the pathway towards one career and you end up somewhere totally different? Take me for example, I wanted to be a dance teacher but ended up in journalism. Likewise with Chief Judge Wilson Isaac who says at first law never really interested him. I I went down to um, Otago to do arts. I wanted to be a teacher. Like your parents? Like my parents, yeah. And my goal was to... um, to complete a, an arts degree and then do a post-grade course in, in teaching. Uh, and in the holidays leading up to that post-grade course, uh, how old was I? 20. I wasn't. I didn't feel like I was wanting to go out into the workforce quite so soon, so I went back to university and did law. Um, and, and it went from there. That's Justice Wilson Isaac, who was appointed Chief Judge of the Māori Land Court and Chairman of the Waitangi Tribunal. He'll be back a little later on. The combined efforts of two schools in South Auckland had them share the best school award at the Māori Language Awards two weeks ago. Nā Iwi School and Sir Keith Park Special Needs School performed at the Auckland Airport, hosted art displays and ran Homai Te Pakipaki style karaoke competitions. Associate Principal of Nā Iwi Kura, George Ehimaira. We did a whole lot of different um, activities. We went to the airport because... Being in Māngere, the airport is part of our hapuri, and we did some performances there with our kapahaka group, our choir, and also our school goal for the term was um, ki te kōrero Māori, um, kia kaha. Um, ki te ako. Yeah, I ki te ako, and, and so it was, it, was an excellent, it was an excellent event and an excellent um, opportunity to actually promote te reo Māori. That's what's coming up this week on Te Ahika, but first... Last week on the programme, Mariah was at a special Te Aute Boys College dinner held at Te Papa Museum. Now, the dinner was to name the first 15 dream team made up of Te Aute Old Boys, and among the honorees was artist Sandy Adset. Now, Sandy helped establish Toi Haukura, the Māori design art course at Tairawhiti Polytechnic in Gisborne. Two of Sandy's former students, Katerina and Tai Kirikiri, credit Sandy and his teachings for inspiring their success after they both underwent training with him. Fast forward a few years, husband and wife team Katerina and Tai have opened their first joint art exhibition called Fried Bread and Golden Syrup. Now don't expect towers and towers of fried bread with dripping syrup. The name is derived from fond memories that Ty has of going home to a feed of, you guessed it, fried bread and golden syrup. On display and for sale though were cans of Milo and golden syrup, reminiscent of those moments devouring the afternoon snack. I talked to them at the opening. Nō te tairawhiti, ko te aitanga hauiti, 
me ngaita manuhiri ngati kahungunu me kaitahu ki iwi ko Katerina kire kire toku ingoa. Katerina, you're an artist. Yes, I'm an artist. I'm a graphic designer firstly, but um, my passion is contemporary art. I suppose when I ask people that they're an artist, I mean, it has many facets to being an artist, um, doesn't it? I mean, you describe yourself as contemporary. What does that mean? Well, I went to Toi Haikora, which is a contemporary Māori visual art school in, in Gisborne, and you learn traditional concepts, you learn um, traditional kōrero, <laughs> and you take that kōrero and you uh, redevelop it, I suppose, into your own style and where I suppose people, where it fits in within Te Ao Hurihuri and basically, yeah, today into um, the present, yeah, the present time, I suppose that's for me what defines contemporary, yes. Traditional yeah. concepts you, you, you mentioned, what do you mean by that? <clears throat> really, it's um, traditional knowledge is kōrero about. Fakapapa uh, about um, history and tikanga about basically origins of Māori art. So, for example, what something that we have learnt was about the origin of Fakairo, where they had come from, and the histories and genealogies of that connecting to myself and my iwi. So, and me taking that kōrero and translating that in my own work. And can we talk oh. about your work? How do you translate that? Um, my current um, series of work is about transitions and transformations um, and it really concentrates, the work that I'm doing now concentrates on dualities I suppose um, the physical connections and pathways with the physical realms and spiritual worlds and I've concentrated that on myself because um, 2003 my mother passed away and she was, as like I think a lot of people, their mothers are quite important parts of their lives. And for me really I always knew that but when my mother passed away I didn't realise how much of me was, of who was inside me and how much I needed her until she was gone. And um, for me getting through that and the journeys I've gone through the last couple of years to come to terms with that and that's that's what I've been painting and it kind of helps me release things, release um, frustrations and understandings of why things happen and it also, that's translated also in the mediums that I'm using a lot of people here have asked my paintings, they're on paper but they look like they're on copper sheets and it's um, the, the medium that I've used, it's kind of cracked in its own form and it's creating its own pathway and it's it looks like the earth I suppose and that's where the um how the earth forms it so when it's dried up uh, it takes on a different well it takes on its own pathway to be honest and that's how I've treated the mediums because to a certain extent you can manage it and try and shape it as much as as you like to but for me and just I suppose it's just in 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 our own journeys in life you know you can go down certain pathways but at the end of the day it's also destiny and fate 
on how things turn out. We're here at uh, Iwi Art Gallery, as I mentioned before. Fried bread and golden syrup. What a cool name. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, when my husband Ty and I were um, talking, we, were, we planned this uh, a couple of months ago. Um, we actually wanted a bigger next exhibition, but we were, I, I was a bit too scared to have a bigger show, so we um, approached the gallery owners about um, showing in the smaller space. I felt more comfortable, and um, we were thinking, oh, what do we call it? We had all these ideas and things like that, and what we wanted to do was have some fun with, with our works, and one of the um, memories we always kept on coming to, I suppose, was when we always visited our lands and papas, uh, like after school, would get as, as young kids and getting, you know, spending the holidays with nanny and papa. Um, there was always the fried bread and golden syrup every day, every time we went there, without a doubt, there was fried bread, golden syrup, or rewana, or boil up something there. So, you know, it's all about manaki tanga, and we always kept on going back to the um, golden syrup. So we thought, well, let's do this, you know, as graphic designers, we come up with the, the visual graphic of it. and To kind of match yeah, the, the golden that, that's fried right. and golden syrup. And it's syrup, something right. that we wanted to base the concept of our entire show about the memories growing up with our whanau, with our communities, and especially our, our, our kui and karawa. So, um, and it's something that makes us all warm and fuzzy inside and you know rather than be too political about works you know about our works we decided let's do something fun something some what do you call it some food for the heart food for the soul food for the heart um do you think that there is a resurgence of 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 maori art coming through we have tame itsis um se fronteratana ruben friend with plastic maori do you think there's a resurgence going on um i think Māori and, and artists in general are being more comfortable with voicing their own opinions and you're actually, I, I think for myself, you're actually gaining enough skill and knowledge to do that on your own and make your own pathway so people, artists are realising hey I can do this too and I can do it on my own and voice my own opinions my way and, and that way I think, well especially for time myself you know, we don't like, it's not that we don't want to be told what to do, but you know this is our expression. You know, you you can someone can express your views and, and, and your opinions. You know, so far, but you know, to be able to do that yourself as an artist on your own feet, that's that's a big achievement. And we want people to listen, and not only to listen, but to enjoy your visions, basically, and your understandings of what's happening within um, the world today whether Māori or, or Pākehā or whatever. Yeah. Your partner, Katerina, is this um, a joint? This is a joint show. It's our first joint show. Um, yeah, it is lovely. Um, we normally organise group shows, and like I said before, for myself, I think I'm a bit too scared to branch out and do it on my own. I'm wanting to have a solo, so I'm actually looking for a venue at the moment to have a solo, and so it's... For me, yeah, I think I was a bit too scared to do it, but I think this has kind of warmed me up a bit because um, it is it is a scary thing because it's it's not easy to have your own show. And, and you're both artists yes, in your own right? Yes, you both train? we're both artists. Yeah, we both trained through... Well, we've had different dif- different trainings and we've had different pathways of further developing um, those um, skills and knowledges. OK, so I'm here with uh, Katerina Hakirekere in front of one of her... Um, in front of one of her artworks, um, 
Metamorphosis, Pūrere Hua, number two. Katina, can we talk about this piece, please? Uh, the main kōrero behind Metamorphosis, Pūrere Hua, number two, is about transitions and transformations. This one directly talks about myself um, overcoming the death of my mother. It's taken me several years, and it's... Well, basically, yeah, it's taken me this long to understand why she died, the reasons why she left so suddenly, and why she left so many things unresolved, basically. And for me, I've come to terms with that, so I've opened my wings and begun to carry on my life because, yes, it was, for the last three to four years... I have been quite static in my, my life, not too sure in direction where I've been going. Um, in the background there are some fake or fi-fi designs that represents uh, genealogy whakapapa and my ancestors, all of those who I believe are always, not on my shoulders, but behind me, supporting me. Um, the two butterflies, the, there's one main butterfly and that's, that's myself, and that's myself. In flight, basically. And what, what colours are they? <clears throat> um, they're reds, blues, yellows. It's yeah, it, it's very transparent. There's several. I think there's over 20 different layers of colours just to get the transparent effect. Um, 20 layers. <clears throat> yeah, there's heaps of washes over there. It's um, transparent acrylic that I've used on these and. Not well, kind of by accident. First, it's by accident of getting the the different tones coming through, but also building up the layers as well. Um, the there are two other butterflies there, and those represent my two daughters that I had after my mum's passing, um, and that's them flourishing as well. Um, there's a plant pot at the bottom, um, and it's actually got a plant in that and that resembles I suppose me trying to contain all of my feelings within and and I've realised that you know you can only manage things or contain things for so long and then you have to replant it in the soil so it can find its own pathway yeah, and grow as it should do yeah, in nature. Your partner been involved with you, you both during this exhibition. With, were there any conflicts of particular works that? Um, not really, because we it's quite good. We were, I was just discussing that with some of the, the people in there. They were wondering how does it work at home because we actually both work from home. We have our studio from home. We have our small design business at home. We're at home twenty four seven with each other. Um, and home is where? Home is in well, we live in Tower. We're actually from both from Gisborne, so. Um, but we live in Tower Wellington, um, and because we're quite opposite, we you know we're quite opposite. You're artistic. Yeah, yep. yeah. Well, both in as well as in personalities, but um, I think we give each other a lot of support, which is quite good. Uh, we someone just you talked to us the other day, noticed us just carry on talking and talking to each other because okay. that's what we do. And they're like, "Don't you guys talk at home?" And I'm like, well, "What do you mean?" She goes, "Well, I've seen you for the last half an hour just talking about this artwork, you know." Don't you fellas talk? And I says, well, actually we do all the time. And I suppose that's what's good about our relationship is we can, we have heaps of disagreements and, you know, some things we, you know, just, I Has any like normal couple yeah, do? Well, that's right. But um, I think the, one of the great things about our relationship is we work through that and we're able to discuss those types of things in, on a mature level. Yeah. Um, 
but yes, we do support each other greatly on both our um, all of our concepts. He, yeah. Um, Who inspires you? I'll be honest. My favourite painter has always been Darcy Nicholas, because his paintings are outstanding. I think his his paintings. You, they, you can actually talk to them, or they talk back to you. That's that's how I feel. Um, I've had, but I've had the wonderful opportunity of being tutored by Sandy Adset as well, and Derek Lardelli. So um, Sandy Adset was honoured at that Tiote first fifteen yeah. this week. So um, oh, he's just—they're both just wonderful people as well as awesome artists. And um, I was lucky enough to be able to go to Toy Hokura where they were both there at the same time. So um, I, was, I was really, really fortunate to have them both in the same school. Um, and they're both humble people. And we're talking about this this morning. Um, I don't. We're, we don't think that they realise how much we learnt from them. Because <laughs> during our exhibition setups, would you know, we'd walk around and follow them and try and understand why they did this and why they they did that. Yeah, I know. And um, so um, we've learnt so much from them, and uh, yeah, I think it kind of shows in in our work and in in our own strength as artists to just carry on and move with. And that's one of the things that I was taught. Basically, if you want to do something, you just go and do it. You don't wait for anybody. You know, you have your own direction and you just go and do it. Kia ora, Katerina Kirikiri there at her exhibition Fried Bread and Golden Syrup on at Iwi Gallery in Wellington. For more information about today's show, you can go to our webpage at radionz.co.nz forward slash teahika. I'm Justine Murray. When it comes to knowing what you want to do and doing what you want to do, there's sometimes a big gap. When I was about 11 years old and dreaming of a future, I wanted to be a dancer. But as fate would have it, I ended up in journalism. It was the same for Chief Judge Wilson Isaac Nongati Paro Tuhoi Minati Kahungunu, who is currently Chief Judge of the Māori Land Court and was appointed in September of this year to be the Chairman of the Waitangi Tribunal. Here he is with Mariah Rakuraku. Kia ora koutou. Uh, ko Wilson Isaac Tabu Ingoa. Uh, ko au te uh, kei whakawā matua o te kōti whenua Māori. Uh, I te taho o tōku whaia, ko hikurangi te maunga, ko waio pūte awa, uh, ko pā kirikiri me iri te kura o ngā marae, uh, ko ngā te parau te iwi. Uh, I te taho o tōku pāpā, uh, ko matakuhia ngā maunga, ko ruaki turi te awa, ko ira peti te marae. Uh, ko Ngāti Kahungunu me tū hoi ngā iwi. Uh, nō reira, kia ora koutou. Tēnā koe. Now, when you were going through law school at Otago University during the 1970s, was it a goal of yours to serve on the bench? Not at all. Um, when I uh, first went down to Otago, it was really... I was quite young. I was only 17 when I started university, and... Um, it was really an opportunity for me to visit the South Island and to see what it had to offer. Uh, my sister was going for university at the time, so um, I thought it was a good opportunity for me to have uh, that older sibling there to look after me. 
you went to primary school at Waimana, which is a little rural community yep. in the eastern Bay of Plenty. Yes. And then you went on to St Paul's Collegiate. And I'm guessing at that stage, I mean, for po- people who wouldn't know, St Paul's Collegiate is the equivalent to Whanganui Collegiate. It's Well, I guess it's a, a smaller version of Whanganui Collegiate, um, smaller version of King's and Christ College. Uh, but mum and dad um, considered that we needed a, I guess, a good education, and they had a few concerns about the, as I understood it at that time, about the local schools. Uh, my sister, she went through uh, Northland College and um, or Portiki College, and she was moved out of Northland College in her fifth form year, uh, which probably um, didn't suit her at all. Um, so they wanted. Uh, myself and my brother to have a stable education in a secondary school. So and were Māori boarding schools not yeah, they going were. to be the thing for you? Well, I, I don't know. I didn't have a choice. Mm. Um, I didn't want to leave Waimana. <laughs> but anyway, I went to St Paul's and and uh, ended up enjoying it. But um, probably spent a lot more time on the sports fields than I did in the class, um, which I, is what I did at university as well. <laughs> Um, yeah. So from St Paul's Collegiate, was it just the norm to assume that you would end up going to law school at Otago? No, I, I went down to um, Otago to do arts. I wanted to be a teacher. And like your parents? Like my parents, yeah. And my goal was to um, to complete a, an arts degree and then do a post-grade course in, in teaching. Uh, and in the holidays leading up to that post-grade course... Uh, how old was I? 20. I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was wanting to go out into the workforce quite so soon, so I went back to university and did law. Um, and and it went from there. Uh, so did you end up acquiring a real love? Of the law? Of the law. Probably, I wouldn't say a real love of the law. I enjoyed certain aspects of the law. Um, there was no Māori land law no, at that time in Otago. I really love family law, and um, my lecturer in family law at the time is um, Justice Bruce Robertson. And I see I see him relatively often now, and he always says something along the lines that <laughs> if I'd have come to more class, I would have done quite well. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, we have a joke about that. Um, but I, I really enjoyed family law, and, and as a result, when I I started in practice in Gisborne, I, I concentrated in Māori land law and family law, and um, they were the two biggest parts of my practice. So, I mean, working within the legal system, and then, so that's on one hand, and then on the other hand, I'm just thinking about my own experience of... You have that, and then on the other hand, you have Fano who tell you stories about the impact that that legal system has had upon their lives and generationally. And you were based in your own rohe mm. during your practice, so I mean, how did how do you manage that? Looking back on it, I I think my my background, um, my father's people, my mother's people, and, and the values that I had installed in me from very young um, 
worked well uh, for my legal practice. Um, many of those values I took into my practice in terms of my Māori land law clients and also my family law clients. Um, in 1988, I was appointed as counsel for the child in Gisborne. Um, I was the first Māori appointed as counsel for the child in Gisborne. And um, all of my families, all of my children were all Māori. Mm. Uh, so I had absolutely no difficulty in relating with them and, and I, I think, assisting them. Uh, and explaining in terms that I understood and they understood to the court where their, their problems were all going and hopefully trying to arrive at a, a solution which assisted in the first instance the child but it also assisted the wider families as well. Uh, and, and similarly with, um, with my Māori land practice, uh, I was brought up knowing... Um, Māori land very closely both in the field and also um, as a member of trusts and incorporations uh, so, and that came from my father largely from my father's side so I was able to take that experience and those values straight into practice um, and really able to I think to um, to talk and to gain the confidence of my clients, not only from a legal sense but also from a practical sense of knowing something about cows, something about sheep, you know, being able to, I suppose, talk the farming talk. Mm. Um, and and I spent a lot of time with um, with many of the people I acted for in in a social sense and out hunting. Um, on on their lands and and working with them, you know, helping them with their horses and things like that, um, which has always been very close to me and very dear to me, which is something I learned um, in the Waimana. Now, so as counsel for the child, your Ma- your Māori land court experiences, have you been able to see relations uh, connections between loss of whenua? to the way that another generation has acted out as a result of that? Or uh, simply, colonisation and the impacts of that generationally? Uh, yes, yes and no. Um, I'll, talk, I'll talk about the no first. Um, my father's family, many of them, and their wider whanau, many of them didn't lose their lands. Um, a lot of their lands are still intact uh, and they're still farming them. They've never left their control and those lands are all right on the edge of the Urawera. Um, a number of stations up there, um, Papuni Station, Tahora um, Tusi mm. One, mm. which is Tawara. Waimaha, Marewa, Huia Blocks, they've they always been in, in our control and have never left. Um, so I guess there was never that feeling that anyone had ever taken these from us and, and, and from my father's side they always appeared to be the control of their own destinies um, in relation to, to working with um, 
with not so privileged families in in, in the family my family court work, uh, there was a lot of sadness, which had come from uh, urbanisation, um, possibly from colonisation, because in the Gisborne area, maybe a little different, but um, a lot of the families had come from the coast uh, down to Gisborne. A lot of the families had come from inland, from Waikare Mona, from uh, up in the back of Wairau, and had come to settle in Gisborne. Um, and a lot of those families were outside their comfort zones and and seeking seeking something. Um, and, and it may well have you know, came, come from the um, colonisation. Um, not a lot of land loss in in those areas that I have been that I have been dealing with, um, because as you will know, um, at least fifteen percent now of Te Tairawhiti is Māori owned in terms mm. of Māori land. Um, so there, there is still a lot. I mean, we, we a lot has been sold off, um, but there is still a lot of land in that area which is in Māori ownership and control. Um, However, in saying that, there is a lot of that land which is underdeveloped, and and, know, and the peoples don't necessarily have the resource no. to develop them. No, well, that's right. And and you know, one of um, my aims or my goals, and it always has been, is to is to work with those people to have the court being used as a forum to assist um, Maori achieve their aspirations, uh, and that's that's what. I like the court being there for, um, yeah, um, section 17 of, of Te Ture Whenua sets out a number of the objectives of the court and and a lot of that looks at assisting, helping uh, Māori through any, any problems and, and trying to arrive at practical solutions. Um, so hopefully things will get better and, and that's what we're working on. You know, I'd like to work closely with Te Puni Kōkiri uh, in helping Māori achieve uh, their goals and, and aspirations for their land. You know, because a lot of my childhood was spent with my nannies on both of my side mm. being dragged along to the Māori land court <laughs> to listen to hearings of yep. things that I didn't really understand, but also to research papers as well. Yep. And then even now as an adult, and we've been going through the um, Te Uruwera mm. claim, mm. And hearing incidences of how the Māori Land Court wasn't necessarily... It may have been created to do one particular thing, mm. but it ended up doing quite another thing yep. towards towards the people. So there is that degree of um, negativity. Yes. No, I, I don't... Um, I certainly don't doubt that at all. It, it certainly exists. It, it existed in the earlier years. The court was set up um, as a device to individualise titles so that Māori land could be sold um, to settlers. It was there, and I think it was described by David Williams as um, Te Koti Tango Whenua, the mm. land-taking court. You know, um, but it gradually moved uh, to a court which looks at retention. Of Māori land um, for the owners, their whānau and their hapu. So it's retention, utilisation, development, and um, 
and and that's really the kaupapa of where our court is now going. Um, so major major shift, and um, and absolutely no doubt in my mind that all all the judges of our court uh, look to those principles of the act um, as paramount in, in their thinking when they deal with with land issues. Now, as the Chief Judge of the Māori Land Court, the role's also synonymous with Chairperson of the Tribunal, Waitangi Tribunal. <laughs> I, I don't know about synonymous, <laughs> synonymous, but I was appointed as, as um, Chief Judge of the Māori Land Court, I think on the 13th of September of this year. And shortly after that, I was appointed as the um, Chairperson of the Tribunal. In essence, whilst we work largely with the, the same people, and judges of the Māori Land Court are more often than not presiding officers of the tribunal, uh, the roles are quite distinct. Okay, so how are mm. they distinct? In essence, the um, the role of the chairperson of the tribunal is to, is to lead um, a truth and reconciliation commission um, and to lead a, a, an independent commission of inquiry to deal with claims of Māori against the Crown. Um, so, in, as distinct from the Māori Land Court, when largely it's Māori v Māori, or Māori themselves attempting to utilise their land. Um, and in my role, I guess, as, as chairperson of the tribunal, um, that role is, is for a five-year tenure. Again, as distinct from my role as Chief Judge of the Māori Land Court, which is uh, until I... Forever and ever. <laughs> about forever and ever. Um, Even when you retire, I, you'll still be... People will still know yeah. this Chief Judge. <laughs> um, but it's for five-year tenure, which, which actually falls in fairly neatly with um, the government's aspiration to conclude all settlement with Māori in um, 2014. Um so, so that's you know that's quite a neat fit, and um, at the present time, uh, as as a tribunal, and what I'm n- now coming up to speed with, because in the past I have um, I have not had too much to do with the tribunal other than preside in, in a number of um, inquiries, um, but I'm, I'm quickly coming up to speed with uh, what is required and, and the focus of the tribunal. Um, which really is to to complete um, four inquiries which are at present in report writing stage. So we have Tildewetta claim, the Waitarapa claim, uh, the Flora Fauna claim, mm. claim Y262, uh, and the National Park inquiry. So they're all significantly juicy claims. Yep, they are, and, and we're in report writing mode on those claims. Uh, we're also... Um, hearing at present the Wanganui claim and then there are some claims in preparation uh, the Northland claim, the East Coast claim and Taihapi Ki Kapiti claim uh, so those claims are the last of the district inquiries and, and our immediate focus is to conclude all those claims uh, and when we do um, that will essentially cover approximately 90% of New Zealand's landmass. When I first read those figures, I thought 
God, this is huge. Huge. Um, but that's what they say, and that's what the figures say. Um, and you'll also appreciate that um, the government set a deadline last year as to the filing of historical claims as the 1st of September, and the tribunal received 1,820 mm. uh, claims prior to that deadline. Um, now, we've got to deal with those, and, and what we're attempting to do is to work out which ones will fit into the inquiries and report writing stage and how we should deal with those, the inquiry that is being heard, the Whanganui claim, how we should deal, put those in, in there or, or how we deal with them, and those in preparation. And just from an a, um, initial calculation of those 1,820 claims, it seems that there may be about 60% of those that can be um, taken up with those existing claims, which um, will then leave us with 40% to deal with. Which means five years is fast coming. It's, it's fast coming. <laughs> so we need all hands on deck. We need efficient operators. Um, and, and, and I guess my aim and desire now is to ensure that the tribunal is focused to attempt to get there. Um, OTS, as I understand it, are preparing a roadmap. That's map. the Office of Treaty Settlements. Yes, a roadmap um, as a way forward to the 2014 deadline, uh, which will come out, as I understand it, by the end of this year, by probably December this year. Now, as far as possible, I would think we should try and align with that, um, as well about as well as going about our day-to-day business. Um, but we're focused. We're determined to to achieve what we can realistically achieve. There's always the question of resources, um, which we have to take into account, and and hopefully we'll we'll get there in the most fair and efficient manner. <laughs> Kia ora, Justice Wilson Isaac there. He is the Chief Judge for the Māori Land Court and the Chairman of the Waitangi Tribunal. And next week, Justice Isaac tells Maria about family life and what he gets up to in his spare time. I'm Justin Murray and this is Te Ahika. And for more information about today's programme, make sure to check out our webpage at radionz.co.nz forward slash Te Ahika. And it was evident that the mahi of rangatahi shone through at this year's Māori Language Awards. The awards ceremony has changed this year. In previous years, it was quite a glitzy evening event, but this year it tied in with a Māori symposium held at Te Rauparaha Arena in Porirua. Māori education providers from around the country promoted their courses to the public and the three-day event wound up with awards for organisations, schools and individuals for recognising their commitment to promoting te reo Māori, especially during te wiki o te reo Māori. The Best School Award was shared by two Auckland schools, Ngā Iwi Primary and Sir Keith Park Special Needs School, both in Māngere. We'll join the ceremony for this award Rahui Papa is the MC. Ko ngā whiringa whaiti. Ko te tuatahi o roto i te whiringa whaiti, ko te kura kaupapa Māori o te hiringa ki tokoroa. He tū mahi toi nā te kura i whakapua ki nei te reo ki te whānau, ki te hāpori. Ko te tuarua o roto i ngā whiringa whaiti, 
for the Starship Children's Health. Nā ngā kaiako ko hunga hunga i whakauru ko te reo Māori ki ngā wāhanga tākaro, he mea whakarite i ngā tamariki ki ngā pokanga huhua ki ngā pure māwiwi e tāminei i a ratu. Ko te tuatoru o ngā whāinga whāiti, ko Sir Keith Park Special School i Māngere. Ki tā te kura nā te reo Māori i rarata mai ai, nge tehi wāhanga huhua o tōna hapori. Ko te whakamutu ngā o ngā whiringa whāiti, ko Ngāiwi Primary School i Manukau. Kāti, ko enei ngā whiringa whāiti e whairato i te kaupapa tuatahi nei mō ngā kura. Ka tono hoki, mā te tuahine nei, mā Paula Rāwiri, te tohu, e whakapuaki, e tuku. Ko ngā kura e reo, e rua, i toa ngā tahi. Ko ngā iwi Primary School, me Sir Keith Park Special School. Tēnā koutou. Ngā kura, ka whiwhitaonga i roto i tēnei wāhanga. E rua, e rua, nō tāmaki ki te tonga. Tuatahi ko te kura o Sir Keith Park ki Mangere nei. Hei tā rātau, nā te reo a rātau mahi i roto i te hapuri, i tuitui, i whakapakaria nō hoki. Tuarua ko te kura o Ngāiwi ki Manukau. He nui ngā kaupapa whakatairanga reo i whakahairehia e rātau i roto i te hapuri o tira ko ona pānga kaputātu ki te ao whānui tonu. He mihi nui tēnei ki te taurāwhiri i te reo e whakahaire tia tēnei kaupapa whakaherehera. He mihi nui hoki tēnei ki ngā kai whiringa whāiti o tēnei tauwhainga hei whakamana ake i te reo Māori tēnā koutou ki ngā kaumahi, ngā tauwera o te koro o Ngāiwi me te koro Sir Keith Park Special School me te hāpuri o Māngere hoki tēnā koutou ki te tautoko hia i tēnei kaupapa i tēnei tau. Ki te honga i tautoko mai ki tō mātou tonu atu i tēnei whakataitai ara ko Counties Manukau Sport te wānango Aotearoa hoki tēnā koutou. Pēnei te kōrero e harataku toa e toa takitahi, engare, e te toa takimano ke. Meheme e whakatō i tēnei kākono ara ko te reo Māori i te mara o Māngere.
Justine Murray here for Tiahika Radio New Zealand National um, at Te Paraha Arena for the Māori Language uh, Awards and um, one of the categories in the awards is tertiary or, or schools or, or primary schools and I'm here with Kia ora uh, Kia ora, uh, my name is Georgie Himaira, I'm the Associate Principal at Naiwi Primary School and we were really honoured to um, win the schools category this year so it was, it was a real um, honour to be here today also to um, support uh, Te Taurawhiri in these awards. At our, in our yep. kura we have 450 children and 42 uh, very dedicated and enthusiastic teachers and staff uh, and you know, we have a great community, a great hapuri and māngere um, that support our kura and um, yeah, we really enjoy um, working in, in, in our area and our rohe. Māori, what did you do? Hapuri was the kaupapa? Yep. So what we did as a kura, we met, um, we met with a group of kura in our area, um, Sir Keith Park Special School and also Beta Intermediate um, and we worked collaborative with them to look at ways that we can promote uh, Māori language in our community of Māngere and also we worked with um, Sports Trust Counties Manukau Sport and Te Wānango Aotearoa um, and also within our own specific schools for Naiwi itself we also ran um, a Homai Te Paki Paki um, show and we had Te Hamo actually came along and um, was the judge for that but we did a whole lot of different um, activities, we went to the airport because ma- being in Māngere the airport is part of our hapuri and we did some performances there with our kapahaka group, our choir and also our school goal for the term was um, ki te kōrero Māori um, kia kaha um, ki te ako. Yeah, I ki te ako. And, and so it was, it was an excellent, it was an excellent event and an excellent um, opportunity to actually promote Te Reo Māori um, in Māngere. We have eighty percent of our children are Pacific Island, um, so it's really great f- to see them up on stage <laughs> doing kapahaka, doing their mihi, etc. So it's a real win-win for us. And why the move to work collaboratively with other schools? I think it's um, for me. Personally, in terms of Naiwi, uh, we couldn't we couldn't have done what we did this year without the support of our colleagues from other schools. But uh, more importantly than that, um, working with a special school and also working with the, our intermediate where our children are going, um, it, it it gives us a lot of networks and a lot of knowledge and support for what we're doing in terms of our co-pop of Te Reo Māori and promoting Te Reo Māori. Now this was a joint win, wasn't it? Um, yeah, we we we, yeah, we we entered our we entered separately in the school section, but um, yeah, it was a real it was really awesome to actually um, win it together because we'd done so much work together. Joint winner of the Kura or School Award was Sir Keith Park School. His assistant principal, Lysandra Stewart. Um, for us, especially at Sir Keith Park, we're um, we're a little school of special needs children, highly special needs, who have emotional, intellectual, and physical disabilities. And so this was the first time we've actually entered this award and we wouldn't have entered it if we didn't have schools like Naiwi coming along and saying, hey, you need to be a part of this. For us, especially and for me personally, it was a great experience and the fact that this was the first time our school had ever been a part of our community. So we used Te Reo and um, Te Ao Māori to access that. Um, one of the messages that we had to give our community and to the rest of New Zealand was that just because our children are special needs that doesn't give them a right not to be a part of their culture, especially Māori culture and our having the dual heritage here in New Zealand. So it was a, it was a big challenge for us to be a part of it because um, lots of our children are non-verbal 
and so it was good for us to show other people that you don't have to speak te reo to actually be Māori and to access te reo Māori. So through artworks and using sign language and using our relationships and we also um, organise for our teachers. In our school I'm one of only two New Zealand trained teachers, the rest are from overseas. So it was really an opportunity to work with schools like Sir Douglas Bader and our iwi and show our teachers how Māori kaupapa can be taught in schools and integrated throughout the curriculum and that not knowing it and being able to kōrero it was not an excuse. So the fact that our teachers could do it, it means to other schools and other teachers like there's no reason you can't be doing it either. First time um, in these awards, you must be pretty stoked. I, I'm very, I'm very, very... Is I, the first I, time for Ngāiwi here? Um, this is our third, third year that we've been involved as a finalist. Um, we were fortunate enough to win in 2007 and um, last year we just enjoyed the, the night and festivities and this night another humbling, just like my um, colleague here, very humbled to, to be a winner again this year. Must be cool to take a trophy back to Tamaki Makoto. Oh, oh always, yeah. yeah. Kia ora, kia ora. Uh, which, which school is it going to? Which mental piece is oh, going to be? We got one each, so yeah. that was lucky. Yeah, we got one. But I think, for, especially for me, it was great that we both won because we, mm. we worked as a community, and for only one of us to win wouldn't have been really appropriate because for us it's about Fananatang and Hapiri and they work together. So, mm. I mean, I want to say thank you to Naui especially because they're, they're like our big brother, big sister there in our community and they've really guided us on at the beginning of our journey with Te Reo Māori and Te Māori. The joint winners there of the Best School Award at the recent Te Reo Māori Language Awards. Associate Principal of Naiwi Primary, George Ehimaira, and Assistant Principal of Sir Keith Park School, Lysandra Stewart. Now to download or podcast today's programme, you can go to our website, our web page, radionz.co.nz forward slash te ahika. E te iwi, kua tai anō ahau ki te mutunga o te ahika. Here's Nina Micah with the explanation of this week's whakatauki that you heard at the start of the programme. Kia mou koe ki ngā kupu o, o tūpuna. Hold fast the words of your ancestors. To me this means... Hold fast the words of your ancestors. Well, my grandmother hasn't become my ancestor yet, but however, no doubt her words have come from um, an ancestor. Although there is um, whakatauki to um, this, these words that I actually hold fast for, wherever I am and whatever I'm doing is um, so simple, but it's just remember who you are and where you come from. And that's what takes me. Um, those are the words I hold and what I do every day and the things that I try to achieve in life. Hey Thera Wiki, next week we are back with Justice Wilson Isaac and I'm at Marairoa Marai at the Komatua Social where it's all about the old school bebop and saxophone music. Now that should be fun. Nō reira, he mihi tēnei ki ngā kai kōrero me ngā kai whakahaere i ngā tapu-tapu. Hoki mai anō a Thera Wiki e te iwi, Mauri ora.